the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. So the bishop and I have this ongoing banter when we're preaching. Obviously, he's pre- well, we're pretty much both of us are preaching every Sunday. So at some point during the week, we'll say to each other, okay, you got a great story? And so this week, I asked him, I said, so you got a great story? And he said, I do. He said, but you have to tell you, Trey, his son, who's also a priest in Mississippi, he's already stolen it for Sunday. And I said, well, no matter. We're going to be in three different places. So tell me your story. And I said, so I'm just going to give you a little heads up. So if you, obviously you're here, and he's at Christ Church Cummington, and his son is at Redeemer in Meridian. So you have three different takes on the same story. So just a little, just a little introduction. So he told me one time he was at a House of Bishops meeting. And he said it was going on and on and on. And he was getting completely frustrated and completely outdone. And he said it had just completely gone off the rails. So he's sitting there and he kind of dropped his head. And all of a sudden, he heard this like pound on the table. Everybody jumped. And he said, well, I thought it was one of the bishops had, you know, pounded his or his or her hand on the table. Oh, no. Bishop Bruno, who has a prosthetic leg, had removed his leg and slammed it down on, on the table. Well, as you can imagine, it got everybody's attention. As y'all can see, after I heard this story, I'm like, sorry, Bishop, but I'm, I'm totally taking your story for St. Augustine's. So thinking about Bishop Bruno taking off his prosthetic leg and throwing it on the table, we have blonde Bartimaeus. Quite a segue, don't you think? So Bartimaeus is the guy in town that everybody has known about. He's the beggar on the side of the street. He's kind of like, you know, the relative that comes to Thanksgiving. You just kind of want to push over to the side. And the louder Bartimaeus calls, the more everybody around him is like, be quiet. Stop. You're embarrassing us. And then Jesus hears him. And Bartimaeus takes off his cloak and casts it to the ground. And to me, that is so similar to what the, the bishop witnessed that day in the House of Bishops meeting. It's the same as if you, you've ever been frustrated and you stomped your foot or put, put your hands on the table, whatever it is, everybody took notice. Everybody pulled up and was like, wow. Because you have to remember that as a blind man and as a beggar, his cloak was the most valuable thing that he owned. It was the thing that gave him warmth and shelter. He could lay it out on the ground and sit on it. He could gather up the coins that people threw his way. So he throws all of that off to go and to encounter Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus looks at him and asks a question that I think is so powerful and poignant this morning. He looks at him and he says, What do you want me to do for you? 
what do you want me to do for you? Now you think the answer is obvious, right? He wants his side back. But in that question, Jesus is seeing Bartimaeus as a person, as someone who has hopes and dreams, as someone in the depths of his heart. He's looking at him as an entire person, and he's saying to him, what are the things that I can do for you to make you whole? I love that interaction. So I ask you all today, if Jesus walked through those doors right now and came and stood right here in front of us and looked at each one of us and said to us, what do you want me to do for you? What would we say? What would be that desire of our heart? And then I think about that, and then I also think about these crowds who heard and witnessed this whole thing transpiring. They saw Bartimaeus throw off his cloak. They heard Jesus say this to him. They, they witnessed the healing. As I said earlier, Bartimaeus was the one that they had pushed over into the forgotten corner. How were they transformed? How did, what did they think as they went home and pondered this question in their heart? How were their eyes opened? And the twist of the gospel that we always find so interesting and intriguing is that Bartimaeus is the blind man, but it is the crowd who truly does not see. So there are really two things that are happening here. Jesus sees Bartimaeus, but also Bartimaeus sees Jesus. And he calls him the son of David. And this is really important. How people, what the names are that, that, that Jesus is called throughout the scriptures, every time you come across that, it's important, it's significant. So when he looks at Jesus and calls him son of David, he is saying to him, I see you as the Messiah that has been promised to us from our ancestors, from the lineage of David, from the king so we're drawing that line through what we, of course, consider Old Testament, but for them was their scripture. We're drawing that line all the way through. And the blind man understands this. And this is so powerful for us. And then if you remember, earlier in Mark, Peter, right after the feeding of the 5,000, in all of his exuberance, calls Jesus the Messiah, and what does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. So you hold those two in, op- in opposition because what Jesus knew was that, that Peter really, at that point, didn't really understand completely who he was. But Bartimaeus did. And obviously, that we're still telling this story all these years later, this healing was incredibly impactful for all who watched it happen. It's transformative, and it also calls us into asking that persistent question that Jesus has. What do you want me to do for you? And then, as we are in all of, as we try to do to act Christ-like, that we then have to ask that question not only of ourselves, but we're called to ask that question of others. What do you want me to do for you? For those who are in need, 
for those who are most vulnerable, for those who find themselves riding along the outskirts, those who the world, like Bartimaeus, had pushed to the side. We, too, have to throw off our cloaks with, and make sometimes a, a, a loud noise, a big scene in order to kind of jolt us back into the ministry that we're called to do. And this is what this story so powerfully teaches us. And then if we continue to do this, if we continue to ask this question, then we have the opportunity to be trans- agents of transformation for others. Because when we really know it ourselves, then we know the depths of our heart and we can do that for others. So I want to end with a quote that actually a a friend of mine sent to me this week by Stephen Charleston. I I love Stephen Charleston. And I think it, it really speaks to the gospel today. In this sense that what we do is cyclical by asking the question of ourselves and also ask, asking it for others, that this, this way of being served and serving continues and the impact that that makes. He says, Your song will not end. The kindness you have shown, the wisdom you have shared, the love you have given, none of that will end. It will go on and on, past like an heirloom of faith from person to person, not only of your own family, but between the countless others you have known, cared for, worked with, prayed for, and respected. You have made music with your life. You have made a witness. The harmony you have embodied and the hope you have embraced will sing on after you, sing on into generations yet to come. Your vision will live in many hearts until one joyous day it joins the chorus of life that began when the Spirit first started to sing. What do you want me to do for you? Amen.